So the fear we can have, it can create an anxiety. All of a sudden, the, the way that you would think is like, maybe they don't like me. Maybe I, maybe I got a word on my nose. I don't know, maybe, maybe I said something to make them angry. So it cre can create in people like this um, fear of being alone. So what are, the, what are the remedies that young adults do to fight this? They will fill up their social calendar with everything, right? Every hour is planned to have something social. Because the fear of missing out, if you will hear, the fear of being alone, is kind of the enemy of life, being alone. And so we see we, something that, that has happened with, that we see in this fear is um, being alone is something to be avoided at all costs. And that is so true in our society. People don't know how to be alone, but we'll get, we'll get into that in a little bit. The second thing is, there is a fear amongst young adults, uh, millennials, that if they do not go to something, or if they do go to something, or if they go to the wrong something, or they choose the wrong something, it will change their eternal destiny. Now, I went to Penn State University. We didn't call it the penitentiary, we called it State Penn, all right? Now, at Penn State, probably like most schools, uh, you declare, you have to declare your major, right, at the beginning of your third year. Guess what the most popular major is for the first two years? Undecided, or undeclared, right? Undecided, undeclared. Why, was people, well, I don't know if I choose that, maybe that's not the right thing for me, or if I choose that, maybe that's gonna mean this. So they kind of put it off to the last second, right, to make that choice. Kind of, kind of put it off to the last second. They think, well, that might, that might just change my, my uh, eternal destiny. Um, gee, what happens? Should I go on the date with that guy? He's kind of a loser. But if I don't go out with him, maybe that's the one God wants me to marry, right? Well, what do I do? I don't want to go out with him. Maybe God wants me to go out with him, right? This is football. This is anxiety, right? What do I do? Number three, fear of being without a phone. Oh, Father Anthony just went there. <laughs> All right, collect the phones, okay, let's collect them up. The fear, now, what is the phone? It's, it's an instrument for all of us, right? But for, in the, in the sense of FOMO, what it really symbolizes is our connectedness. We have a connection to people, if you will. Right, once our busy lives, we have a connection. We have text messages, we're looking at social media. But it's a means of being connected. Take away the phone. Oh man, now I'm not connected. And remember the first one, kind of what the basis of what fuels FOMO is the fear of being by myself. And the fear of I'm not loved or I'm not wanted or I'm not significant, I'm not important. So the phone is a way, it's symbolic that it's the something that gives me my importance or it gives me that I am loved through text messages or through likes, or again, I don't know what all that stuff is, you, know, you guys know what that is. So the phone um, is so very, very important. Now, isn't it interesting, brothers and sisters, the phone is so important of this instrument that we will risk our lives while we are driving, right? Driving home tonight, and don't, don't be mistaken, 95% of people do it, right? 
95% are texting while they're driving, right? So not only do we risk our own lives, we risk other people's lives in this business. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just afraid. I've got I've to answer this text message right now. If I don't, something bad's going to happen, right? Or you pull up to the red light. Hmm, this is a long red light here. <laughs>
Now isn't it funny, like, uh, cheers. And now isn't it great that, you know, like, oh, let's take a picture. Oh, for the joke of we can take a picture. And then we go back to, <laughs> you know, and of course, I'll suck in my gut. And <laughs> <laughs> what we get the portrayal, right, on the, um, on the social media is someone's best face, right? We get that, that, that social media's best face. But there's, um, within this is this hyper-focus on experience, and there's actually an economy of experience now. Young adults, now it's different from when I was a young adult. Young adults today, in your 20s, maybe even in the 30s, 80% value experience over material goods. Like when, it, when, it, when I was young, let's get the boat, Let's get whatever, the motorcycle, let's get the IRA, whatever it was, it was a material good. Now young adults, even they will throw their credit cards down. I have friends that I've seen it and rack up debt just to go to Australia and backpack to some big rock in the middle of the desert. <laughs> or to kayak with the great white sharks. Great, great I don't know. All these things that young adults now, they don't want to miss experience and they equate experience with happiness. If I'm gonna miss an experience, that's gonna just be the end of my life, right? Oh, I'm gonna miss TOT on Wednesday with Father Anthony. That's gonna be the end of my life, right? Um, this is kind of focus now on experience. We need to, to get the, the full experience of life to enjoy. So this is hyper-focus on that. There's a hyper-focus on, um, on comparing. So I'm looking at, really, these fake people. On, uh, now, they're real people, but the image that they're given is quite fake, right? Uh, their stomach's in, you know, like that, best picture, right? Uh, on, on the social media, now we compare ourselves to these people. And you'll say, well, my life really sucks. Right, well, they're over in Australia, you know, hunting great white sharks. Look at them, awesome. you didn't see them, you know, on the plane or on the bus, taking it over there, lots of dirty porta potties, whatever. You're taking that experience right out of context. And you just see, like, hey, I'm happy. And again, I've been looking for these people and I haven't found them anywhere, you know? Um, it takes it out of context, but we compare ourselves in our daily lives, right? Our daily lives to these people. Man, my life stinks. And then if you're single and you're 25 or 30, you're like, man, everybody's getting married. How come I can't find somebody to get married to, right? Or well, everyone's happy to get married, having kids, so look at me, right? We're always comparing ourselves to compare ourselves to others. This happens in religious life. This happens in religious life. And it happens with priests. This is how it goes, right? The, um, so the priest is like, it could be a diocesan priest, or you could see like, wow, that couple, they're really in love. Look at those kids. Man, he's so good to be married. And then of course, you know, someone who's married, but they're like, man, look at those friars. That'd be so cool to be a friar. <laughs> <laughs> and the Franciscan's like, man, you know, like all these people just tire me. I'm gonna go be a monk somewhere, right? <laughs> and the monk is like, man, these friars, there's too much silence here. I'm gonna go be a Franciscan. <laughs> so what we, sometimes what we'll see is not the actual reality of what it is. I'll be with TOB. You'll probably get a, you've heard of TOB, of course, right? 
uh, talks on theology of the body of John Paul II. His last, his last conference, his last Wednesday audience said, but of course we, I'm trying to do a Paul Jackson, but of course <laughs> we have not mentioned suffering. Now, how do you not mention suffering in marriage, right? I mean, those of you who are married, you know what I'm saying. The kids, right? Or whatever vocation it is, right? It's like, what do you mean? We will be happy forever! Serendipity, right? Mm-hmm. Three months later. And we'll have that in religious life and priesthood as well. My, my point is, Professor, that you'll on the social media, which kind of gives you a snapshot of people, that oftentimes we'll compare ourselves to things like, wow, how come I'm not happy? Or how come these people are happy and I'm not? And we can get quite discouraged and depressed about that. And we'll want to change our whole life so that, wow, how do I go on this diet, right, that I can be happy like these people? What resistors, the theme that we'll be seeing here is that with young people, um, if you will, people who are searching, we have people without faith, they are searching for that thing that's gonna fulfill their hearts um, in, out in the outside world. St. Augustine in his Confessions had a beautiful little narrative about this. But as we know, it's really it's looking inward for God to satisfy our soul. But there's this, there's this comparison. And we will say oftentimes, compare and despair. There's a hyper-focus then on my life by comparing ourselves to others. There can be an anxiety of making simple choices in life. Wow, look at the beer list over there. <laughs> like, I want them all, you know? I mean, is there any way I can get them all? Well, you can, we'd be dragging you out of here, right? Uh, but I, I have that with Mexican restaurants. Right? Now, two Mexican restaurants, there's two ways you can tell an authentic Mexican restaurant, according to Father Anthony. Number one, no one speaks English, all right? <laughs> Number two, the cook is sweating the food, all right? That's just the sous is the secret ingredient right in there. And a true Mexican restaurant will have a little island, like a little salad bar, right? In the middle, and they've generally got 40 salsas in there. And I go up there, and I'm like, oh, I'm dying, man. And they have these little cups. And I was like, I gotta have one of every one of these. Right? It's just so hard. Or the diner menu in the, in the Greek in the Greek diners, right? The diner menu in New York, whatever. Oh, I just cannot make up my mind. Simple choices. We uh, this is more fear of better options. But you and I in this country, we have so many things to choose from. Oftentimes, it can create an an anxiety or a paralysis. Like. I, I don't know what to get. And now, generally what happens to me, like at these diners, is and then I'm with Brother Joel and Father Daniel, they'll get something I won't like, like this happened to us on Sunday night. So, the Chinese restaurant, right? And I got something, but Joel got something, and I didn't really like mine, his was amazing. <laughs> I was angry at him. I said, how could you not tell me? How come you didn't tell me? You know, and he says, I tried to tell you, Father Anthony, right? <laughs> and so then there's even this guilt, this guilt complex that happens as, man. And then the next time it even leads to a deeper paralysis with all of these different choices for us. It's a, it's a way it can be a fear of missing out or a fear of making a mistake. But perhaps the greatest, to go a little bit deeper beyond Chinese food and Mexican food, right, is the state of the vocation of life. 
uh, I was talking with some of you, like, oftentimes young adults are delaying marriage till their 30s. There's a notion in this world, this might be a good question for a Q&A that comes up, is a notion that, wow, I don't know if I should marry this person because maybe that's not the person that God put in my path for all eternity for us to live in utopian bliss, right? Uh, or maybe I shouldn't join the Franciscans. Maybe I'm supposed to be a Dominican, right? Oh, I don't know what to do, right? Um, it can create a, a paralysis. We think that, so we're afraid to make a commitment. This is big time in New York City. It's like the capital of Fulmer, by the way, all of New York City. That um, we used to do these retreats there. We still do the retreats, uh, youth retreats. Uh, it could be young adult youth retreats. Sign up online, safe. You know, you get like you get ten dollars off if you sign up for the retreat. Well, generally about ten percent of people would sign up before the retreat. Retreat. So if thirty people signed up, we would know three hundred people are coming to the retreat. <laughs> It was now, why did they put it off? Just in case something better came. <laughs> Same for the state of life. Well, no, if I should marry this person, maybe somebody better is going to come along afterwards. So you see this fear of missing, I'm going to miss out on, on the somebody better or the something better in my life. It, it does create a real fear. Now, so we've gone through some of the. Uh, a lot of the aspects here. Um, you know, brothers and sisters, amongst if you're a millennial, there is a real positive side to your generation. I'm a generation X. But amongst the, the, the millennials, who maybe sometimes get a bad rap, there's a great positive element to your generation. And that's that you wish to maximize the potential of life. You want to live in Jesus' words, life to the fullest. Jesus said, I came that you might have life, life to the fullest. That's what, that's what we desire, and that's what we, in a way, are searching for. But the problem with the, a lot of these things is the world, and the world's very smart, the people who run these social uh, media, they are engineers that take their principles from Las Vegas. They want to make it as addictive as possible. They don't want you to leave, they want you to spend hours on that. And what it is, is people are searching, millions and millions of people are searching in a way for that experience, that happiness, that whatever, right? And it create, will create these fears in us. If I could just get that, I'll be happy. But we're searching for it for all out here. As we know that faith, looking within our own hearts and inviting God into our own hearts, that is the perfect remedy for this fear, amen? Amen. It is, it's, it's not out there. So we have to be very, very careful. And I challenge all of you. Um, I know some people are doing this 90-day Nazarite. I don't know what they call it, a Nazarite or like Ezekiel, some things like this, you know. Unplug. Take, take a challenge and unplug from your social media or as best as you can. Unplug from that and see what happens. You know, there's plenty of testimonies, uh, religious and non-religious, uh, on YouTube, uh, people who've kind of unplugged from the internet for a year. And they found that the first few weeks were, were really, really tough. But then they said that after that, they enjoyed reading books. And it was like their senses, in a way, came alive after spending 10, 12 hours or more plugged into the matrix. <laughs> plugged into the matrix, like Neil. All right, so fear of missing out. 
it boils down to the question, right? I, I think it's this. It boils down to this question. The fear, I'm afraid, missing out on what? The question is, what really am I afraid of? Does it point to something deeper in my life? And that, that deeper question is, who am I? And what is my purpose in life? Which social media will never tell you, right? What is my purpose in life? Am I lovable? Which is not determined by the number of texts that I get. Oh, gee, no one's texting to me tonight. No one loves me. I'm not lovable. I'm going to turn on the gas and close the windows. No. It's, it's Jesus. Amen? It's Jesus who gives us the purpose of our life. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. So now we will have a, a short time, I think, just a short time, maybe five, maybe ten minutes, of questions, hopefully answers. If it's a difficult question, I'll pass the microphone to the children. All right? Um, anybody have a question or a comment? Yes. Who's the favorite friar that you live with? Who's the favorite friar that I live with? Your favorite. Next question. <laughs> My favorite friar is Brother Joachim. You gotta love yourself, right? That's right. All right, yes. Uh, it seems like social media sounds a lot like it's, I don't know, friendship pornography, if that makes sense. <laughs> sounds like, so the, the comment is that social media sounds like friendship pornography. Well, um, I, I've heard that actually before. I've heard that kind of language. Um, it's certainly addictive, right? Well, I mean, like, it offers you something that you crave, which is emotional to other people in a friendly way, and you see it, and you get the taste of it, but it's not actually that. It's not actually other people right. in your presence interacting with you, being with you, living with you. It's, sure. It's, it's, it's not authentic personalism, you know, uh, the, the personal relationships, yeah. Yeah, some people are not they're, they're your frenemies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in terms of like being scared of making choices, like major life decisions and everything, I know I found it hard to you know go through discernment and the choice I should make. And do you have any advice on like how to like actually hear and figure out what God's trying to tell you to do? Sure. So your question is, is a question of really discernment. How, how then do you make a good choice? Even you might be afraid, but how do you make a good choice, especially the choices that God wants you to make? And that's your reference points. So our reference points of, of, of judging our life would not be the social media, right? It would be the gospel. It would be the Lord. And walking with the Lord, good spiritual director, good confessor, you know? And just walking with the Lord... Um, over time, he's going to lead you in a certain direction. He's going to lead you in a certain direction. You will know that over time. So time is your friend. So, but you need the reference points, right? Those are the most important things. They, they would be kind of like the beacons, so the goals that we're that we're walking to. I would. Oh um, yes. Uh, any other questions? Yes. Yeah. So along that same thought, 
would a possible antidote to what we're describing here be the thought, the spiritual thought and works of the likes of uh, Jean-Paul Cassad, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence? Absolutely. Yeah, it was, this is a wonderful book, uh, by the way, Jean-Paul Cassad's Abandonment to Divine Providence. Um, yeah, that's it basically comes to the point of do I trust in God enough in my life? So, so for example, you're, it's it's Friday night. Do I go to this party or that party or whatever? Or do I date this person or that person? All right. Well, know this: that God gives you free will. He gives you a brain as well, but He, he doesn't want you to be a robot or a slave. He says, just do something. You know, right? Go out. But, and St. Paul would say, do whatever you do in the name of the Lord. You know, so if you go out, and that's not the date for me, praise God. You know, uh, or maybe you saw that movie, and now I wish I would have saw that. Well, praise God. You know, if I, if I got that spicy chicken and not the chocolate chicken. <laughs> I wasn't praising God. I mean, I was, uh, I was so angry with the chocolate. <laughs> I should have praised God, right? But um, that's true. And, and to know that. Listen, even, even if you do make a mistake, and even if it's, it's a sinful mistake, God will correct you. Has he not done that in your life? He doesn't give up on you or throw a barbecue you like Sodom and Lot. You know? He sticks with you. He'll bring you back. He'll bring you back to the path. So in a way, for us, yeah, we don't want to make mistakes, but we shouldn't be so fearful to make mistakes. A good parent will allow their kids to make mistakes, don't want to make serious ones. Yes, don't play around the shark pool right there. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Don't play with the crocodile. Uh, they don't want them to make big mistakes, right? But they want them to learn as well. And making mistakes is part of life and learning from them and correcting as well. Any other questions? Yes. Um, if perhaps one was unwilling to Somewhat in general. We She's like super, super extroverted cycling. I said, Cree, if you unplug from Facebook, you will blow up. Do <laughs> not unplug, please. Right? You'll get a severe depression. So you have to stay plugged in. Right? So it, it will depend on certainly your temperament. But the thing is, like, you want to also realize, um, because social media is not evil, is it? You know, uh, the internet's not evil, the phone's not evil. But we can realize that we can be a Abusing them, but it may not be good for us, right? It may not be good. You know, for we don't have TVs, but but um, if if I'm somewhere and I, I found like even the like the super, it's not good for me because I get too into it. Should I get angry? Uh, kick the TV? I don't know. Whatever you know, I just that's not good for me. So know a tree by its fruits. So if you see in your your friend's life, of course, <laughs> you see the that. There's bad fruits, or there's 
good fruits going on, Phil, that that's a good sign for you. Is that, does that help? Because it will be different for different people. Yeah. It'll be different for different people. I guess I'm also asking more about I don't know if he is. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the cows, right? The horses, you get the feed. News feed. News feed, yes. Let me tell you something. Unplug, please. Yes, <laughs> You know, so many people, um, you know, the, the priest will tell you this, that they come into the confession very angry. I'm so angry. The president said this, or this didn't have a. Hey, 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 hey. That's now. Listen, that may be their sins. What are your sins? <laughs> they want to tell you all about the president Trump's sins. You know, oh, I know his sins, right? What are your sins? <laughs> Don't allow. You know, Saint Francis was was very very strict with this. Don't allow because it's your willpower or your will. Don't allow somebody to steal your joy or your peace. And if that's CNN or it's what the, the news feed, or it's social media, that is not good. And we'll blame it on people why we're angry. No, you did that to yourself. So if you have to unplug, you know, to be joyful, praise God. And I think we all need to do that. Not, not maybe not completely, but I think we really need brothers and sisters, because look at the, this is a little side here, soapbox, but look at the news, you know, no matter what channel it is, right? What is, what is on the news? Well, you got fake news, who knows what you have, truth news, I don't know what it is. But it's full of calumny, it's full of detraction. If you don't know those, uh, you didn't school those, okay? Calumny, detraction, full of judgment, harsh criticism. This is not good for the human spirit. It is not. And, and uh, I know for myself, I, I really have to limit myself to that because it affects your spirit. It really does, it affects um, the Holy Spirit, how he works in your life. So be very cautious with that, okay? It's a really difficult thing. Um, let me, if there's no other questions, can I just say one challenge to you? Cardinal Sarah came out with a, if you don't know Cardinal Sarah, go do it. Uh, Cardinal Sarah came out with a wonderful book this last year, uh, 2017, called The Power of Silence. Ask yourself this question, brothers and sisters, because it really has to, it, it touches on our on our theme here. Really, how much time in your life, in your daily life, do you spend in silent prayer? Silent prayer. In silence. It could be 10 hours on the media, right, where there's no silence, and your mind is being fragmented from here to there to there. And we get super ADD, then we go to, to pray, oh, Father, I can't, I can't concentrate, you know? Um, how much time do you spend in silent prayer? And uh, that, would, that would be a, a, a little challenge I would give to you to increase that for your life. The more time you give over to the Lord, because the Lord, he, heaven will be, uh, there'll be some kind of trumpets and stuff up there, harps, I guess, you know. But the Lord lives in silence, you know, and we live in such a noisy world. And so I really, really challenge you to make that part of your life, five, ten minutes in the morning and in the evening of silent prayer. Listen to the Lord. Listen to him.
the peace. It's so, so very important. Amen? Amen. Amen. How do we end this thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and with lots.